This is the NWA World Must See Television Champion, Outlandish Zicky Dice, and you're listening to the Insiders Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Insiders Podcast. We are so thrilled to have you with us today. And uh, first of all, let me just say uh, I want to thank everybody who joins us on a regular basis. If you are new to our video and to our podcast, please hit that like button and hit that subscribe because you are in for a treat with some of the things we've got out there. Interviews, not only do we do this podcast every week, but we have interviews as well with so many names. Thunder Rosa, Zicky Dice from the NWA. We had Nikita Koloff, the legendary Nikita Koloff. We, oh man, we, we had Gary Cassidy, who is a wrestling journalist. So many names out there and, and so many great interviews. If you are new to the channel, please check those out. And again, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button and join us all the time. And also if you can't get us on YouTube and you want to hear us on your drive to work, listen to it on any podcast uh, any podcast system out there, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Anchor, any of those will all have this as well. So again, thank you guys for joining us. Jeff, welcome. And man, we have got, again, we are J&J's Hot Topic. Welcome, Jeff. What, what's up, man? How, how was your week? Uh, it was a very, very interesting week, to say the very <laughs> least. Um, yes, we've heard with, that, yeah. Yeah, with having... Um, tornadoes go through the area last week and knocked my power out for a while and um you know that's why we had to delay the podcast a few days and um but yeah things are are kind of back to normal now uh actually just actually just finished shopping for for everything in the refrigerator and freezer so we now have food in the house again so so we're we're rocking and rolling there you go. Awesome to hear, buddy. That's awesome to hear. I'm glad you're getting back on track. So obviously, uh, we put the podcast out around Wednesday, yes, uh, last week, Wednesday yep. or Thursday. I can't even remember when, but um, the big story, and you know, we have to touch on this because this was huge last week. I know Days did a stream for it, and um, the stream was just very, very heart-wrenching and somber thing, um, and we're not going to harp on that we're just going to review a little bit for you. And I did send out some polls on the subject as well for the community. So we want to read those out uh, for you guys and your reactions to all this. Uh, but obviously we're talking about the cuts, uh, the cut downs that WWE made. Um, kind of heard rumors about it, heard that it was coming, heard that it could be up to 40% of the roster. And it, there were so many rumors flying around. Um, Jeff and I, I know we pay attention a lot to what Gary Cassidy has to say, because Gary is, is very, in the know um, and he's very trustworthy source so uh, we watch to see what he is saying and and uh, and we watched it all unfold so um, so yeah uh, Jeff what, what did you think I mean what was your reaction to all the cutdowns? Uh, obviously heartbreaking uh, just you know just as one word that <clears throat> excuse me what what I felt initially is just heartbreaking for the uh, the performers, the wrestlers that got let go, uh, the producers, 
that were furloughed or let go. Uh, you see someone like Mike Kyoto, who has been with the company uh, since the late 80s, I believe, as a referee, and to see him let go was was very difficult. And, you know, it's just, it's just a sad realization of where we are right now uh, in the world and the effects that this virus has on, on the whole world at this point. It's not just a, you know, an isolated thing. It's everywhere. It's impacting everyone. So to see that was, was very, uh, very heartbreaking. And to see, to see some of the wrestlers that were let go uh, were, it was very surprising. You see guys like Carl Anderson and, and Luke Gallows, Leo Rush, Drake Maverick, you know, you hate to see that because those guys were somewhat involved in different storylines. I think the one thus far that, uh, well, two thus far that really stood out to me aside from those guys were EC3 and Rusev. Uh, with EC3, he hasn't been on television in, I, I don't know, probably six months at this point. And, and, you know, he's, I feel like he's such a good talent. And I just don't think they ever figured out what to do with him after the call up from NXT. And then you get a guy like Rusev, who the fans love him. And he's always found a way to get over, even when WWE probably didn't utilize him in the way that they should have or could have. And to see him go what was a was a difficult one and uh, you know just just really heartbreaking to see those things and uh drake maverick's video mm. oh my goodness it that was it was the most sincere mm -hmm. heartfelt depressing video i think i've seen because you here you have a guy who just days earlier announced that, you know, his excitement about being in the Cruiserweight uh, tournament, the interim uh, championship tournament. And then days later, he's, he's being let go. And, you know, it, it's just unfortunate. And, and I think what people need to understand is while some of these wrestlers will be signed other places, Mm -hmm. and, and let me give you go ahead and give you guys a spoiler alert. Not all of these people are going to end up in AEW. Uh, but some of these folks will be, you know, will be signed other places. But a handful of these folks may not see the level of notoriety that they got from being involved with the WWE. They may not get that ever again because, you know, I, I just – some of them, I, I just don't think they, um, they'll make it on TV anywhere. So, you know, I, I definitely wish them the best. And this is a – right now in wrestling, there are so many different promotions, so many different options. So I hope that, you know, all of these people end up somewhere. But I, I just – I really feel bad for them. So, yep. Joe, what about you, buddy? Yeah, it was a really, really tough day. Um, and I know I was listening to Dave's stream uh, – and it was really surreal because everything 
he was mentioning, you'd see one name and you, then you'd see another name. And then you got a couple groups of names and it was, as it was going on, you know, you started to see people in the chat were um, in the community were just shouting out new names that they heard. And, and, oh man, it was, it was, it was just a horrible thing. I mean, I know on a personal level, I got a call from my employer that same day. And I have said to Jeff, I think April 15th was some sort of day. I don't know what, what, what it was exactly. Maybe you guys in the community know, um, but I don't know what it was exactly, but I think for corporate America, I think it was a date that was either, I don't know, maybe that these companies had until the 15th of April to keep people on. Maybe they had until, you know, some sort of insurance that, that lasted until that date. I'm not sure, but it seemed like there was a lot of big companies on that date that they had either stopped paying people or that they had to stop paying people and they let people go. So again, a personal experience on my part, I, a lot of my coworkers were furloughed. And, and so, yeah, um, it, it was, it was sad. Uh, like you said, the Drake Maverick video was heartbreaking. Um, just such raw emotion that he showed. And, you know, we talked to Brandy from the community last night and she mentioned, and you guys will hear a tease from her interview. She mentioned that, you know, look, it's, it's heart wrenching, you know, when, when you see, when you hear these things, you know, from these wrestlers that, you know, you think it's their dreams being broken, you know, this is their dream to make it to the WWE and the fact that they got there and yeah, maybe they're never going to win a title or anything like that, but they're still there. They're still employed and they made it right. They made it to that to that pinnacle. And now, you know, because of a virus, because of this horrendous thing going on, you know, now they're, they're done, you know, they lost that opportunity. And like Jeff said, man, they, they can't all be taken by other companies. That's the sad fact of the matter. Number one is there's no indie wrestling right now, guys. There's no indie wrestling. So we talked to indie wrestlers. We talked to Will all day. We talked to, you know, other, other, some other indie people and they, you know, they're not doing anything either. So these indie companies are, are even smaller than the big companies. They can't afford to bring new people on. And maybe one or two of these guys, like I think Eric Rowan is fine. I think he'll find his way to somewhere, whether that be with the Dark Order and AEW or something like that. He's a big man and big men are always in demand. So I think he'll find his way. I think, you know, uh, uh, Zack Ryder might find his way somewhere because he's got some friends in the business. So I think some of them will be okay. But listen, the, the sad fact of the matter is a lot of these guys just, they're not going to be back. And, you know, yeah, it, it was really heartbreaking. Let me read out a couple of your comments because I threw a poll out there for you guys. And basically the poll said, do you feel the releases today were necessary to save the $4 million uh, a month for WWE to survive during the virus? Tell us your reasons below. Um, and, and you guys overwhelmingly responded, no, find another way. Um, I gave the no, I gave the yes, it was harsh, but it was needed and other explain why. So it was 56 to 37, find another way, uh, no. And then let me just read off some of your comments. I had Craig, Craig Mosty. Um, he said no, because Vince could have avoided this by shutting things down, but instead got the governor of Florida to deem WWE as essential and something shady went down with that. WWE playing, paying stupid money to Brock, uh, Fury, Ronda, Goldberg, Gronk, Kane, et cetera, surely played a part as well. And by the way, this is a great teaser. So in a little bit, um, after a couple segments here, I'm gonna we're gonna Jeff and I are gonna talk about that top ten Forbes uh, WWE salary list that was released. So oddly enough, that you know this came out a few days later, 
Um, and we'll, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. I know Jeff's got a, a, an opinion on that one as well. Um, Kofi essential 6195, man, shout out to you. He sends us a lot of stuff. He said, I don't think all the hate should be put on Vince and WWE. It's way more to do with Trump and the governments and state governments for knowing about a disease outbreak that has been predicted for multiple years and not doing anything about it and being bribed, um, money to risk people. Hey, yep, you never know, man, the, these things, you know, these things can certainly be, uh, the cause of, of a lot of things. So, um, we have a comment from Daydreamer Pictures, Jeff Delaney. Uh, shout out to Jeff. Um, Jeff is the guy who designed our logo. Uh, yes. So shout out to you, buddy. Uh, he says within that, uh, he says the WWE is not like other businesses who have employees. WWE has contract labor, meaning that they work by a contract with certain stipulations, not hourly or salaried. They don't get benefits, insurance, or anything like that. They get the contract paid plus endorsements. And he said, within that contract, one or both parties have clauses that allow them to terminate contracts at any time for any reason. All this is no different. It's not like Vince can slip them bonuses into their time card slots right now. These are the breaks, regardless of the severity. And then lastly, we have PB Green. PB, shout out to you. Difficult decisions, I'm sure. Not what happens with all this when the air clears, but you can't cut the top draw or else you lose everything. Even if the top draw is part-time, they bring in what they are paid. Hopefully furlough means they return. So that's just a few of the comments from there. And I can come back to a few more um, a, a little bit later, but um, yeah, man, um, it, it was, uh, it was, um, it was, it was tough. Um, and it was really tough to, I know you've got an opinion because a lot of people are saying that, Hey, I know an, uh, you responded to a person in chat saying that, you know, Hey, just get, just get rid of Goldberg, stop paying Goldberg or stop paying, yeah. uh, Brock Lesnar and, and you're good <laughs> to go, but that's not necessarily the case. No, it's not. It's not that simple. When, when you look at it, it's overall budget, overall uh, financial workings of the company and getting rid of Goldberg because he makes an astronomical amount of money uh, on its face. You think, yeah, you know, just get rid of the guys that make the most, but Goldberg is a draw. Uh, Brock Lesnar is a draw. They pay these people those salaries for a reason and getting rid of one or two or one or two of them doesn't get them to the threshold that they need to be to in order to sustain the company. And I, and I want to go back to the, the comment, I believe Kofi made it about, you know, not piling on vents and all yep. of this. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I agree with that because you have to look at it from this standpoint. Yes. Vince over the years has hoarded talent. And they're just buried. And some you never see on television. Others you see every now and again. So I get that. I get where you're coming from with that. But this is about a business decision. And Vince McMahon is not the only billionaire that owns a company that had to let people go. Mm -hmm. And I want people to understand that for all of, for the Eric Rowans and uh, Drake Mavericks and Rusevs of the world, while we know them, there are people out there, everyday people like me and Joe and all of you that are listening that have lost jobs, that have been furloughed, 
and we can't blame the employer for doing that. It's just the nature of where the economy is right now. And in order for the WWE to sustain its business, they had to make some really hard decisions. I guarantee you that they didn't want to get rid of the amount of people that they have so far. And, you know, I, I feel like Vince probably didn't want to do that, but when it comes down to it, it's either we can keep paying this, this exorbitant amount of payroll, or we can cut back and sustain the company. And I, I don't think it was a matter of just shutting everything down because at that point, you have nothing coming in. So it probably would have been even more drastic than what we just saw this week, which is mind blowing to even say that. But I, I just think we, we have to look at things from a, from a real perspective. And I, I promise I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but as fans, it's important that when we're looking at stories about this, we're looking at reliable journalists, reliable people mm-hmm. that have an inside knowledge of what's going on, that have sources within the company that report on things in a fair and equitable way. I know there are a lot of folks out there, a lot of journalists, and uh, people can't see me, but I'm using air quotes right now. A lot of <laughs> a lot of journalists out there who absolutely despise the WWE. They want to see the WWE fail for, for one reason or another. And they don't always report accurately. They, they report it in a way that makes people want to turn on Vince and turn on the WWE. And that's their prerogative. But what I'll say to our listeners is that if you really want to get some, some real information, there, there are a handful of journalists out there uh, Joe, you mentioned Gary. Obviously, we love Gary. Sean Ross Sapp is another one. Uh, but but fi- actually find reliable people that report on this stuff other than looking at uh, one or two. And I'm not even going to mention their names because they're not worth my breath. But actually just, just go out and, and, and look for real places either go to the wwe website itself Mm -hmm. or if you want to dm me or dm joe or just look at our feed i can guarantee you that you'll see the people that are reliable when it comes to reporting this news yeah absolutely guys and i know days said this in his stream too because there's just so many names coming and, and that people are just getting name after name saying roman was cut saying shinsuke was cut saying you know guys listen yeah especially in a time and uh, something like this i mean rumors can be can really be harmful um you know that there's so many of them out there every day with wrestling and everything like that. And yeah, some of them just go by the wayside, but in a situation like this, they can be harmful. And, and, you know, so wherever these people were getting all that stuff, obviously it wasn't true. And uh, so, yeah, definitely. That's a great piece of advice, man. And, and if you guys ever need anything with that, again, like Jeff said, check out Gary Cassidy uh, on Twitter, check out our site because I'm, we're not going to retweet stuff that we think is a, is, is, is garbage or is rumors or anything like that. 
not. So absolutely. Let me just get a couple more of the comments in here. Uh, PB again says, PB Green, reality is we've barely seen the cuts on TV as it is. There are space fillers or hype characters makes you miss the regional days. Yeah, good point. Um, yep. They could have had different things to do, obviously. Um, uh, we have adopt only 626 road politics. The McMahons need heavy cash flow to move around. Presidential election year, perfect time to hide behind the disease, to get rid of employees and to loosen up some cash, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. Uh, different opinions, different people. Uh, Fiend fan writes, we, they could have released Gronk and Goldberg and been okay. Uh, Monica King writes, I really feel there was another way to do this, like lowering salaries, selling pay-per-views or something, releasing wrestlers that have given their life to the company probably isn't a good way to go. But what do I know? I will always be a supporter for the rest of my life, but this hurts. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Jaden Dodd writes, thing that annoys me is that this happened and, and phenomenal talent has been released, but I guarantee, uh, and he wrote that in capitalization, uh, you when a Saudi show comes along, Goldberg booked, Lesnar booked, Taker booked, Rousey booked, possibly, uh, possibly on Ronda. I think that's disgraceful in my opinion. All right. The Penfall writes, it's kind of tough to justify when they received a billion-dollar deal for SmackDown alone seven or eight months ago, not to mention money from other shows and sponsorships. Feels like they kept talent just to stop them from going to AEW, and now money has spoken louder than their competition ever could. Uh, James Chadwick writes, it's a sad day for the WWE, but people worldwide are losing their jobs too, and we are living in hell right now. Uh, <laughs> very good point, James. Very good yeah. point. And lastly, Ain't No Dumb Blonde writes, when you're running a business, you evaluate your situation and make the best decision for your bottom line. That's how the business works. The best decision for the bottom line does not always mean the best decision for the people. Wow. Uh, awesome comment. Um, yep. And Jeff alluded to that earlier. And like I said, personal to me, I work for a large company in the United States. And um, yes, that that is absolutely what happened. I said it, it wasn't just the WWE that got this and, and a lot of cuts were made um, across the thing. Look, guys, it is a sad time for a lot of people, right? Um, could be worse. And I, I know, listen, you know, this isn't all doom and gloom. Um, it's making people do things that are out of their comfort zone. Staying in the house all the time is definitely not something that appeals to everyone, especially if you're social. Um, so it is a very rough time for everybody. I, I, and I understand that. And, you know, and, and, as, and the wrestling community felt it definitely uh, this week. I have another poll that we put out there too. I'll read a little bit later. Um, that was where, you know, is this really going to hurt the WWE long-term? And I think I posed this question to Jeff um, a, a little bit. I talked to him about this earlier in the week as well. Um, but right now, so let's get on a little bit of a, of a, of a happier topic here. Um, and we've got, the, we've got some teasers coming up for you guys, right? So two again this week, uh, we had two fantastic interviews. And our first teaser is outlandish. That's the only way I can describe this teaser because that's the only way I can describe this interview. Outlandish. Jeff, we, out, we interviewed... The outlandish Zicky Dice, man. What did you? What were your thoughts of the outlandish ones interview? I was a fan of his before we interviewed him, and after I'm I'm even more of a fan of his. Not just from what he does in the in the sport of professional wrestling, but on a personal level uh, because of uh, work that he's done outside of wrestling. So I'm re I'm a really big fan of his, and 
uh, really glad that we got a chance to speak with him and, and really start with his uh, journey and talking about his uh, going into wrestling. And for those of you that don't know, and I'm going to give this away, so hopefully no one's mad at me, but he was actually trained by Seth Rollins. Yep. So good. that, you know, that gives you an idea of, you know, the level that he trained at and to see his success thus far has been impressive, but I really see big things in the future for Zicky Dice. I agree, man. It was a, it was an awesome interview. We got some questions from you guys, which he answered as well. So Zicky Dice teaser coming right at you. And this interview will debut after the, uh, after the NWA content on Tuesday, because you've got Adam Rotella's Stranger that starts at five o'clock. Then it goes into Days' NWA stream, which is going to have the first new episode of NWA we've seen in a while where Camille actually speaks and has her first match. So that's exciting stuff. So make sure you tune in for that. If you aren't watching NWA, you're missing out. It's great stuff. It reminds you of the good old days of wrestling, and it's fun to watch. So join Days Stream for that. And then Adam does a post-stream show as well. So after that post-stream on Tuesday night is when Zicky Dice interview will debut. Here is the teaser for that. Enjoy it, guys. Where did you – did you always have the character that you have now? So the Zicky Dice oh, – Okay. No, hell no. <laughs> like, hell no. I wish like we could bring up a picture. Like I'll post it. It's it's somewhere along. But at first I came out like I wanted to be like. So I always had the name Zicky Dice, right? Uh, a stoner buddy of mine back in 2007. My name is Nick Zappo. Started calling me Zip because he's an idiot. So he switched the letters, but it stuck. So everyone called started uh, calling me Zick. And on the road with bands, that just evolved into Zicky because people just had one add on whatever. I always had some dice in my pocket because we were always shooting dice. So, boom, there it was, Zicky Dice. And uh, <laughs> um, at first, I saw, like, this casino pit boss-like type. So, like, I wore these, like, white suit pants. And, like, I had this big old beard and brown hair and then, like, uh, like a singlet on under. And I ended up looking like a bootleg Bray Wyatt. And I was like, nah. So then I went from there to, um, you know, I wore a singlet once. And then I wore uh, – long tights and it had like my name airbrush on the back and then i went to trunks and then like you know i shaved off the beard and then and then i started like having this vision right and then i pierced the ear and i started growing a mullet out and i started rocking my my natural curly hair these are natural by the way um <laughs> and um and then i was at the gym with a buddy of mine 5 30 in the morning we we're clowning on some dude which you shouldn't really do in retrospect, but hey, it's five in the morning. I do something to have some fun. And I said the word outlandish and it came out just like that. And j immediately a light bulb just ding. My brain, I try and explain this. My brain, I don't know if you've ever been to Disneyland or, uh, but there's the ride Space Mountain where you go yep. on the roller coaster and there's like sh stars shooting at your face extreme. That is my yep. brain at all times with ideas, like constantly. My, <laughs> I, I have a very creative mind. I think of uh, life in sketches. Um, I think I'm very easy going until I'm disrespected. And then, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> and that's all another story. But um, I started adding that into the character and I started bringing out the bright colors and doing the work in the way I wanted to. And, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, following the wrestling that I grew up loving. And I was told many times that it wouldn't work in this day and age, especially like in the Indies, but, Ah, ha, ha. Look who's laughing now. 
That's awesome, man. I and again, I I I love the character because I love. Oh man, I'm I'm an older guy and I'm a big '80s crazy guy. I love the '80s, man, and I love all that stuff. Likewise. And I grew up with that wrestling too. Um, so when I saw your character, I'm like, oh my gosh, this this and and like you had said, it you know it really brought back memories of you know '80s wrestling for me. Um, and you know, and like with that, like I mixed in. I don't mean to cut you off, but like I mixed. That's a lot of myself. You see, like. As, as cliche and corny as that sounds, but, like, I've been through a lot of trauma and bullshit, and, like, outlandish Nicky Dice is just, like, this alter ego that I get to, you know, that just I get to escape the world with and, and believe that I'm him. And the thing that's awesome about it is I, I, all this traveling I've done, I looked around and I said, what's going to make me different? What's going to make me stand out? And that's, that's what I thrive for every single time, every show, every performance. And, uh, you know, I've still got a lot of tricks under my sleeve uh, that I haven't revealed yet, so. Best way, just gotta just gotta keep watching. Oh, that's man, right. Definitely, I can't wait to see what's going, what's coming next. Did you what? What did you bring over from the music business to your persona? Oh man, uh, connected the connection with the crowd. Okay, how to connect and that and I'll tell you what it's that gave me a head start above everybody and I still think that I can connect in some of the big names that you see today. I, I'm I that's that's the whole that's it. You know, is, is the yep. connection, how to connect, whether I get booed or cheered. I'm very good at, at doing both. Did you always want to play a heel or did you ever, did you ever do face? I mean, have you got, I back? did, I, okay. I did. And I have, and I have here and there, I prefer, you know, it's, it's funny, like uh true story here. Um, I, uh, first match, um, I wasn't told heel or face. And I was just told, to, you know, go over dirty and do this and, uh, I came back and Billy Corgan's like, dude, oh, he's like, you were supposed to be my, my top baby face. And I was like, oh, and he's like, uh, he's all, he's like, uh, I swear, and I was like brand new day one. That's the first thing the boss said to me. I'm like, oh, I like stopped on my tracks. He's like, he's like, but God damn it. I can't ignore that reaction. He's like, let's go. And I was like, because, but when I walked in, if you watch the first episode back where I debuted, they're quiet. By the end, the whole crowd is booing me, everyone in that damn arena. And yep. the crowd the crowd there will decide if you stay or go, like straight up. Yep. Um, you know, they're very diehard NWA fans. And, uh, you know, I, I love having them hate me. All right, we are back. We hope you enjoyed that teaser for the outlandish one, man. Uh, again, we had a great time with that interview. And um, so – Right, we're gonna just go right back to the. We're gonna go back to that topic um, a little bit, and uh, from the first part of the show, which obviously was about the cuts. Uh, we're not gonna look so much at the cuts, but the ramifications on WWE. And I put this poll out to you guys as well after the releases, and probably to, today, and probably possibly to come. Which thankfully we didn't get much more. We only got a couple from NXT. Not to say that we're any any less uh, worse, but um, we didn't get much more than that. So let's hope that that's finished. Um, does WWE survive as we currently know it after the few after the next few years? Now we know that WWE's had a rough go of it, man. They were the stocks fell. They had to release some uh, some execs um, and some flip around some salaries and stuff like that. So you know, does WWE get affected by this virus down the road. Now this was close. Um, and I'm surprised it was as close as it is. Cause you guys in the community are, you know, you guys are really WWE fans. Um, and does it survive as we currently know it? I said, no question. It survives. 
I said, not sure. And then I wrote, it's in serious trouble. This was super close. 39% said, no question, it survives. 33% said, you weren't sure. And then, mm. third, and then 28% said, it's in serious trouble. Jeff, it, does WWE come back from this? Uh, from a PR standpoint, I think that it's going to take some time. I think as a company, they will survive. But I think if we're, if we're looking ahead three to five years, I think the landscape of WWE changes drastically. And I don't want to harp on Vince. I don't want to uh, – enough people do that already. But what I will say is this – hopefully they can bring some – some real positive change out of a, a tragic situation. And what I mean by that is this is a time for them to kind of hit the reset button, especially from a creative standpoint and how they're operating their business, the amount of wrestlers that they have on the roster. If they can, if they can use this time to really focus on the men and women that are on their rosters and give them some adequate time on television, through matches, uh, additional content. I think that's what the WWE needs to do. I, I think, you know, they've, they've been around for far too long, I think, for, for them to just fizzle out. I, I do think that they make it in the end, but I, I do think that it's going to be a, a major, some major changes. I, I think, you know, in terms of the talent, I don't think that they'll keep as much talent going forward as they have have in the past. I think that for them, they really need to look at how they're structuring their shows. And, you know, you, you have your three main shows. You have Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. I want to see them do more with 205 Live and with uh, Main Event. Do some do some different things where you can really spotlight talent that don't all, that aren't your main people, but give them an opportunity to be out there. And I think that's been the downfall for WWE is that they just stockpile talent. And someone made the comment earlier, well, you know, is to keep talent from AEW, and, and that's probably true. But what are you doing for these wrestlers? In, in the meantime, I mean, you look at someone like Heath Slater, who I love Heath Slater. I, mm -hmm. I think he's awesome. You look at someone like Zack Ryder, like EC3, I brought him up earlier. They deserve an opportunity to be out there in front of fans. So I think they should look, take a good hard look at how they've done things. And I think that they will. And the other thing that I'm going to say, and this is a prediction I won't go Paul Heyman and say it's a spoiler, but it's a prediction. Uh, I believe that within the next three years, we will have someone else running the WWE, whether that's them selling the company to another, you know, like a bigger company. I know a lot of people have said Disney. I don't think that'll happen. I think Fox is a more likely um, is a more likely buyer for that company, but I do think that someone else will be running it. I think, I think, you know, the smart money would say that triple H probably needs to be the head of it because if you look at what he's done with NXT, I think that's, that's a blueprint 
for what the WWE can do with his other uh, shows and, and different things. So that that's my take on it, Joe. What about yeah. you? Yeah. Well, actually, I think uh, great points. Uh, Fox, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Fox is owned by Disney. So Disney owns so much stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they made a deal um, a little bit ago. And I think they bought out all their movie studios and stuff like that. If I'm not mistaken, I think they own the channel too. So, okay. if they, so that, that, you know, it could be a possibility there, but, um, but yeah, great points, uh, all great points there. Um, yeah, man, I, I agree with your, a lot of your points and I think the community does too. And I'll get to your comments in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I think this does change things. Like you were saying, it hurts them in a PR standpoint. Um, and I agree with you. I think changes need to be made here. Um, like you were saying with the talent who was, who was going nowhere. I mean, Days talks about, uh, you know, EC3 was stuck in catering. If that's true, my goodness, you know, I, I mean, these guys are going to do this because it's their job. They've got to do it because they want to keep a paycheck and stuff. But you know, uh, when you've got this talent, you know, it's like, if you know, you're not going to use these guys, you know, let them, let them go. And if you think that much about them, then what are you doing having a guy in catering? Um, it just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, look, yeah, I agree. And I do think there has to be a little bit of a shakeup up at the top. Again, I've said this before. I think Vince is, Vince is a legend. Vince is a legend for what he did for wrestling. No question about it. There would be no wrestling if it weren't for Vince McMahon and the McMahon family, without a doubt. What they did in the 80s, what they did in the 90s. What they're still kind of doing today with the, with the cinematic matches we just had, he's a legend, but I think it might be time for someone else. And yeah. like you said, whether it's Triple H, somebody with a, maybe a little bit of a different vision, a different look, um, yeah, I, I agree that something has to change, and, and I think it definitely will. Um, let me just get a couple of your comments in on this, on this survey. Uh, Jody Gilly wrote, I guarantee all the lost talent combined make less than Brock did last year. Want an easy fix? Cut the dead weight that makes the most. Brock makes $10 million a year and is hardly ever there. We talked about that earlier and said that, you know, listen, these guys are draws. So you can't just say goodbye to the big draws and the guys that draw the crowds in and get money. Um, but that, you know, Jody's opinion, Jody's point, I don't think you can, uh, and Kofi actually responded, I don't think you can just cut him. He's got a very different contract with different terms, which is probably true. We have Steve Schofield right, I, writes, I think this is a hugely bad step ethically. I don't think that people will forget this in a hurry. I honestly can see them struggling to get back to acceptable numbers after this. I don't think that they will be the go-to company for talent anymore. Good points. Uh, Monica King writes, not sure. Will fans want to stay after the superstars they love been let go? Will people who go to shows that can't still want to tune in at home, depending on when the virus goes away, who knows what happens in the future? I really hope WWE survives these bad times. Just my thoughts. Um, absolutely, Monica. Um, uh, James Chadwick writes, when this virus is over, hopefully they sign a load of them back. We all hope that. Uh, Moda, shout out to Moda. He writes, sucks that this is happening. Sometimes in life, that's all you can say. I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen going forward, but if they keep key talents across the board, they should be okay. However, I hope once this is all over, they can focus on getting people their jobs back, whether that's with WWE or given their release so they can go somewhere else to earn a living. Great point. Mateo Kokic, Kokic, 
Uh, this doesn't make a difference. As long as Vince is still in charge, the company is not going anywhere. I'm sorry to say that, but that's just my opinion on this, regardless of the release in which it still doesn't feel right to do that. By the way, uh, rest in peace, the great Fink. Uh, yes, we'd be remiss, uh, Jeff, if we did not yes. say rest in peace to the greatest wrestling announcer, PA announcer that was that ever was uh, during my lifetime. I'm sure during Jeff's lifetime as well. So again, another piece of sad news yeah. with the passing of the Fink. Uh, just a just a tremendous um, tremendous announcer. So. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, I think that um, I think that this is definitely gonna gonna change the landscape. Look, guys, we'd be remiss to say that it, that the whole virus thing is not gonna change the world, right? There is so much that's going to be different when this goes away. And, 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 you know, for everyday life, you know, how long do we wear masks to stores? How long do we stay away from gatherings? You know, you're, you know, not just wrestling, but you're not going to have fans allowed at these events probably for a good time to come. Um, they just can't risk it because you don't know what this virus and until there is an inoculation and a vaccine, unfortunately, you just can't let these big crowds gather. So there's not going to be any baseball games, any football games and stuff like that, unless they play in front of no fans. And I think that's going to go on for, uh, you know, who knows, but it's going to, this has changed the world guys. There's no question about that. And, uh, and yeah, um, it's, it's, it's changed the wrestling world as well. So uh, yeah, so with that said, listen, that's the, that's the end of that story. We're going to move on here. We're going to go on to a fun little segment and, and keep the rest of the show as, as positive as we can. Um, we, we have got Mr. Adam Rotella, and Adam joins us every week now for his six minutes and five seconds of NWA content. He's going to come on right now. And then he sticks around with Jeff and I, and we do a Q&A. So you guys sent us in a, a question. We got a question from Swamp Manor um, that we answered for him in the podcast this week. So Jeff and I and Adam talk about that after his segment. So enjoy the Adam segment and enjoy that little Q&A, and we will be right back right after that. All right, everybody, our next segment that we are proud to have on our show every week is Mr. Adam Rotella, and he is here with us for his six minutes and five seconds of NWA segment. So, Adam, welcome again to our show, man. We really appreciate you coming on. And, man, what is, what is up with the NWA? Take it away. Well, hi there, gentlemen. It's, uh, it's always great to be here with you guys. I had a lot of fun uh, last week. I actually think I hit – the 6.05 uh, minute mark right on the dot last awesome. time. Right on the button. Uh, I was really happy about that. But, you know, this week, you know, I think that everything in wrestling is at a standstill. Right, gentlemen? So yes, this, this, last, this last Sunday, we just watched the, uh, the, the repeat of the Crockett Cup that the NWA did. And I got to tell you guys, I'm not really sure what content the NWA is going to put out next. Now, that can be good, right? And that can be bad because, first of all, it's good because we don't know what's going to happen. We know on Tuesday we are seeing the dark match that – where we are seeing Camille's very first match that she has ever had inside the NWA arena. So we do have that to look forward to. But not only that, we are going to hear Camille speak for the very first time. And I, I got to ask you guys, what do you think she's going to sound like? Oh, man. Oh, I, that's an interesting question, man. Oh, man. I, I, uh, how, about, how about one word? Menacing, I think, is a good word. 
I think menacing sure. is what she's going to sound like. Uh, man, I would not want to mess with Camille at all, and I cannot wait to see her wrestle her first match. I am excited to see what that's going to be. And maybe, maybe that's going to be Thunder Rosa. Who knows? Yeah, man, yeah. We, we, we do not know what that's going to be. Uh, what I think that Camille might sound like is, you know, those Muppets that went, ma I think that we have that to look forward to from, from Camille. But also, you know, once that airs on Tuesday, the NWA, I, I have no idea what's coming next. And David Lagana, our uh, NWA vice president, has actually said just recently that the NWA is not planning on running any more shows without there being an audience. And I have to actually agree with Mr. Lagana because that audience has become a vital member of the NWA arena and a vital member of what the NWA is evolving into. Without that audience, you are not going to have that same back and forth that the wrestlers have at that podium. Without that audience, there's no one for the wrestlers to work off of. And I think that that's one of the things that makes NWA so original from all the other wrestling content that's out there. So to end this segment right here, my friends, we're going to end it on a cliffhanger because I don't know what the NWA is doing and anymore. And I, I'm really hoping that they bring back 10 pounds of gold. They bring back some documentary footage, or we go back to what we were doing, watching old wrestling from Houston. That was fun, but we can't, we got to produce new content to stay in, to stay in the minds of the wrestling fan, especially during this time. Yeah, that's a very good, uh, very great, uh, great thought there, Adam. I, um, I, I would agree with you. Um, I like this, the uh, content they were putting out there, and I love the thing from Houston with Andre the Giant. And uh, yeah, I mean, we were we had an outlandish interview last night with Mr. Zicky Dice, and he kind of said the same thing about the audience in you know in the studio, and said that it is unbelievable and unbelievable to walk out to that crowd. So I, I agree with you. I, I think it's really tough to not have that crowd there. So Mr. Lagana is probably making a very good decision, I would imagine, with that. Well, you know, man, it's not just the crowd. It's, it's, it's this, the NWA is funded by William Patrick Corgan. You know, it's being funded by only one guy. So to use our resources right now to run empty arena shows just doesn't make sense for the ultimate goal of the NWA. Again, the NWA is going to ask for our patience. They're going to ask for our time. And I'm willing to give the NWA that because I know eventually power will return. And hey, being dark for a little while right now is not a bad thing. Let's come back with a vengeance and let's really take the wrestling world by storm, especially now that there's a lot more wrestlers available. There's a lot more talent. The wrestling economy has balanced out a little bit. Who knows what's going to happen in, in a couple weeks or a couple months? Very true. Very yep. true. And as we mentioned earlier in our show today, obviously we let off the show talking about those cuts and things like that. And, and Adam probably alluding to that. So absolutely. I am. Man. 
Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you for that segment again. And Adam's going to stick around with us here. So we have a couple of questions that came from the community. So again, we like to do these little, you know, these little new things that the community gives us. Love to do that for you guys. And we did get a couple questions, some general wrestling questions, and he's good enough to stick around with us. We're calling this the J&J Q&A. So J&J Q&A, we got a couple of, ah, there we go. Love it. Love needed it. Needed that. Needed that. It's a man. great awesome. name, man. It's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off. This one is from Swamp Manor. Uh, thank you, Swamp Manor, for the question. And he asks, Insider's Days, I have a question for the podcast. What is the most iconic wrestling moment of all time in your opinions? So, Adam, since you are the guest, we're, what, start off with you, man. What is the most iconic wrestling moment in your opinion? Okay, I'm going to give you guys two just because I'm afraid that some of us might have the same exact one. So uh, <laughs> here's, here's, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Rock and Hollywood Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania, whatever the hell that was, when the crowd went absolutely nuts for Hulk Hogan. It was, I believe it, I believe it was in Toronto. It was in Canada. And these guys just started looking at each other and the whole place got on their feet, erupted and really put their, really started to cheer Hulk Hogan, who at the time was a heel. Mm -hmm. But man, that's, that's a moment that every single wrestler talks about. That's a moment that you just ache for to, to be able to give an audience, to make an audience react like that. That's what I'm talking about. And let me give you one more. And this one, we're going to go back in the time machine a little bit. But I'm going to say Miss Elizabeth on the shoulder of Macho Man. And there is that girl in the front row who's crying because Macho Man and Elizabeth are finally back together. My man, dude, that's pro wrestling right there, my friends. Love it. Love Absolutely it. love it. Great job, man. Awesome. Awesome choices both. What do you think, Jeff? This is a really good question. Um, I'm going to, like Adam, I, I have two. I'm going yeah. to start out with one that is a lot older, uh, back in the NWA days. And that's the uh, time limit draw between Ric Flair and Sting. Ooh. Um, that match, what it did for Sting Mm -hmm. Was it put him? It put him at a spot where, automatically, when that match was was done, he was so over, and that afforded him the opportunity to kind of skyrocket to the place that he ended up. And I mean, that's you know now we we you know call him the icon and the franchise, and that that match did a lot for building that foundation for Sting to get to that point uh the second is going to involve hulk hogan again and it is when he turned heel at bash at the beach mm. yeah that, man. that moment oh my goodness that moment it it changed wrestling because you know for for the for those of us that are old enough to remember hulk hogan he was the ultimate Babyface. I mean, from day one, he, I mean, he, not necessarily day one, but I mean, for most people that remember, he, he was the ultimate babyface. And, you know, he, for him to get through that, to turn heel and basically turn his back on all the fans and join 
the outsiders and all of that. It was just such an iconic moment. And I just keep thinking back to, you know, him cutting that promo and talking about, you know, they're the new, new world order of wrestling and all the stuff that the fans yeah. were throwing into the ring. Yeah, was, uh, if, yeah. if anyone wants to know what heel heat looks like, that's, that's it right there. Yep. Yeah, man, that was absolutely a huge moment. I'm going to go back probably a little, a little further. Um, and again, this one for me, I think is, is, is more of a personal one because um, I grew up watching Andre the Giant from when I was about seven, eight years old um, in the late 70s and mm -hmm. through the 80s. And Andre for me was the, you know, obviously he was always a face and he was, he was, you know, it was such a, a, a big personality and, and, you know, you never saw him lose matches and he was always the good guy with the smile on his face. So when I saw him on Piper's pit, and he ripped off the necklace of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And you knew that he had turned, um, again, just a shocking, shocking thing for me as a fan back then. I was probably maybe 13, 14 years old. So, you know, again, that was back when the, you know, in, in, in the glory days of the 80s. And when I saw that happen, it was just shock. I, I just could not believe that Andre would ever become a heel and then obviously going on to the WrestleMania three match when Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the giant. And now, you know, now, you know, the backstory and you know what was going on and how sick Andre was. And, but you also know that Andre had picked Hulk Hogan to pass that torch uh, to him. Those, those are really the biggest ones for me and the most iconic ones for me. Um, and I know, you know, it's, it's one that a lot of people probably choose. In fact, I think a couple comments from the community I've got here for this question. Uh, we have Mike Lister who said Hogan face to face with Andre is definitely iconic. But for me, I think Sting debuting in WWE um, and interrupts Triple H and points to the mania sign is more iconic as no one ever thought Sting would ever come to WWE. So some different opinion. Rusty Shackleford says so many and that's it. And he couldn't even name one. He said there's too many to name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we always says mankind falling from the top of the cell. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. uh, obviously a huge one. Um, Eric Derizzi says uh, the Friday night main event where Hogan lost the title. It was a true paradigm shift. Uh, PB Green has the Andre Hogan match pictured. He said, of course, Andre Hogan, but mine Stone Cold and Bret Hart at WrestleMania. So those oh, are the, the, do the double turn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So many great moments, man. And, and oh, and let's 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 not let's not forget Fandango's debut. <laughs> <laughs> yes, who, who can forget that? Who can forget that? Oh, and I have another honorable mention. Go right ahead. Uh, when Shane McMahon showed up on Nitro. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that that was a time where you know the com the complete landscape of wrestling just absolutely changed and yep. you went from having two companies you know battling head to head to you know Vince McMahon winning that battle and buying his competition yeah absolutely I, I was a little scared there Jeff I thought you were going to say when Shane came out with the Mean Street Posse <laughs> iconic still my friends iconic still <laughs> I was getting a little nervous for a second there yeah. Oh man, so good, so good.
Love it, man. Love it. Hey, that was awesome. Uh, and again, Adam, thank you so much for doing the NWA segment every week. We really look forward to doing that with you and, and, and hearing about NWA, obviously, as, as it goes on and, and what's happening out there. And thanks for sticking around for the answers to that question. Um, I know uh, they are going to be, uh, Swamp's going to be very happy we got that on there. I know he's, he sent that to me a little bit ago. So thank you for, for doing that, man. And, and uh, thanks for coming on with us. Hey guys, not a problem. Always a pleasure. You guys know I have nothing but time for the day's community. Please find me on Twitter. Everybody that's listening at Adam underscore Rotella, R-O-T-E-L-L-A. Find my YouTube page, 10 Pounds of Podcast. Just look up NWA Podcast. I have blanketed the, the YouTube space. You will only find me. I can't wait to talk to you guys more about the NWA. I know Days is very passionate about the NWA, and I can't wait for the NWA to be back with more power, and I'll be back next week, gentlemen. Have a great time tonight, guys. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Welcome back, everyone. Jeff and I had a blast with Adam on that, man. We had fun. Talked about, uh, you know, Adam mentioned Fandango and, uh, <laughs> and I talked about the Mean Street Posse. So, yeah, yeah. you know what? A little bit of fun. We got to get back to a little bit of fun. Um, and, and again, I hope you enjoyed that segment. Adam is nice enough to be with us and he's going to be with us every single week on our show. So, up next, guys, we have another teaser for you uh, for another tremendous interview. I, I can't say enough about this one, and uh, I know Jeff will echo my thoughts. Um, we got we so just going a little bit of backstory with this. Um, Brandy is is a, Brandy Smith is a member of a Days Community, and she's been in the community for a long time, longer than Jeff and I have. Um, and and she got in touch with us through YouTube, um, and had said that um, she uh, is, is uh, she's blind and she cannot watch wrestling, uh, obviously. So she relies on the Days community and Days' is reaction videos, uh, watch-alongs to, um, you know, to, to give her the, the ability to know what's going on. And I thought that was fantastic. She also gave us some compliments, which was tremendous. And, um, and I reached out to Brandy um, and, I, and I got a hold of her, thankfully, through YouTube. She does not have uh, a Twitter um, account. So, um, and she messaged us back and, and she was good enough to join us on an interview. And, and boy, oh boy, we love this interview. Jeff, I had a fantastic time talking to Brandy. We just talked wrestling for an hour and got such a different perspective. You know, when you, when you, when you hear things like this, it's just, it's just, I told her, I said, it was, it was such a compliment to me and I'm sure it was to Jeff as well. Um, um, hearing from her and, and hearing her, her amazing thoughts about us and the community. So Jeff, man, I know, I know you love talking to Brandy as well. Yeah, we, we had a great time. And, and like you said, it really interviews like that comments, like, like she made to us on YouTube really put things into perspective and you know, for her to, to, to use us in terms of, you know, listening to, to describe things for her and, and for others out there, it, it's just, it's really humbling. I mean, we, I think we were both humbled by, by her uh, comments and, and the fact that she came on and, you know, yeah, we talked wrestling, we talked um, Southern cuisine, 
They did, and they oh. all told me that I eat the wrong kind of cornbread, and I have to, <laughs> and I have to try grits. So yes, Brandy, yes. listening, um, I promise that I will I will try the 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 real Southern cornbread, and I will try grits at one point in my life. So yes, if you're listening. I hope you know that. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we've got to we've got to get you that, and um, we we've got to get you some real Southern sweet tea. All right. Oh, yes, that's right. So, you mentioned that as well. Yeah. I only get the McDonald's stuff, man. And I know that that is not, <laughs> that is not real sweet tea. My no. daughter actually told me that. So, but yeah, but yeah man, we, it was, yeah, uh, we had a ahead. great, we had a great time with Brandy. It was really a tremendous interview. And listen, I hope you guys listen to this uh, again. Gives you just a, a different perspective, right? Sometimes in life, we need to get a little bit of a different perspective from, from folks. And, and, and I hope you enjoy this teaser with Brandy. And the interview with Brandy will be coming up a little bit later this week. We will get, get that exact date out for you as well for that. Probably looking at it, probably going to be later in the week. It, it, looking maybe Friday before SmackDown. Um, I think that's where it's going to be. But we'll come at you with that exact date for this. So enjoy this teaser and we will come back and we're going to get into that community time, folks. It's going to be community shoot time when we come back. So enjoy the teaser guys. Um, again, I think we were talking a little bit before we started the show. Um, so tell everybody what your, what was the, what was the, uh, the biggest impact match maybe that you saw early on when you first, um, when you first started being a wrestling fan, what, what was the, what was the first match that you really, really remember that stood out for you? The first thing I can remember, and I was born in 82, so WrestleMania 5 was, what, 89? So I was, seven, I was seven years old. And that year for Christmas, um, I was one of triplets. And so Christmas at our house, we, we had to share a lot. And so a present to all of us was the two cassette of WrestleMania 5. And I think eventually we broke those tapes. Um, and, and that got me into it. And then, um, once I guess wrestling started to be more syndicated, I remember brother love and now, you know, I, I absolutely love Bruce Pritchard, but <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, he scared me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, that absolutely iconic moment where Hulk is on the brother love show and then earthquake just, you know, flattens them and yep. uh, you know they, they wwe was trying to get you to do this write-in campaign let hulk know you know how much you get i remember doing that yeah uh, the good old days of wrestling man the good old days of wrestling i loved all those characters i love yes. the i love the saturday night's main events i loved all that mm -hmm. stuff uh hurricane and and what was it tugboat was the other one weren't they the yeah tugboat, tugboat. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So many, so many amazingly like, and it was so eighties because it was the amazing, they were also like colorful characters. And so like, you know, like really overblown characters. I mean, you mm -hmm. don't, you don't see that much anymore. Um, you know, some people will really go over and above like, like what, you know, what they could do, but you really don't mm -hmm. that's kind of a lost thing. So you don't see that all that much. And, and yeah, it was, it was a really great time for that. So WrestleMania five. So you wore the cassette out. I've done that. <laughs> I can totally yeah. know, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, yeah. Totally hear that. I've done that many, many times. Um, what, uh, who, who was, and I know you said Hulk Hogan, Mick Foley, yeah. um, 
if who's your favorite wrestler now? Who do you who do you really you know who do you really think is is doing a great job now? Mick Foley's still my all time. Um, okay. Right now, I love Taker. You know, he's on my oh, Mount yeah. Rushmore. Yep. Um, but as far as kind of newer talent, um, I love I love Randy because <laughs> I love his theme song. I wish it could be my ringtone. Um, and the voices song, yeah, you mean? Yes, just because of what I do for a living. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and uh, I got really excited when Shinsuke came in. And yep. I, I wish he was doing more, like, from the beginning. I really love him. And I love a lot of the women. I know Rhonda's pretty controversial right now. But um, I think she genuinely has a love for wrestling. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I know Jeff and I. We were talking about the uh, the whole Ronda controversy. What's so? What's your what's your take on that? We talked about this on our podcast episode a couple of days ago. Um, yeah. What's, what's, I, what's I, your, I, go ahead. I heard. Um, you know, I think it's a combination of a work and a shoot. Yep. Um, she's such a perfectionist. You know, I got that from the Total Divas last season. That's another uh, wicked pleasure of mine. <laughs> but, you know, I just, um, I got that she was such a perfectionist, but she was so genuine and wanting to do something good for the business, I felt like. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the match with Becky was just, you know, I couldn't even see it. And I thought it was fantastic. All right, man. I hope you enjoyed the teaser for that Brandy interview. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did. Uh, really, really had a great time with that. Uh, one thing before the community shoot I want to go over is we had, and this is kind of breaking news. So this kind of broke when we were recording today. Um, the, the highest paid stars in the WWE. Now you kind of knew that this was coming because whenever something happens where you get salary cuts, um, and this happens all the time in the NFL and so on and so forth. You see this list come out and it's the 20, uh, the highest paid stars revealed after 26 wrestlers were uh, cut to save money, not 26 wrestlers, but the, the highest paid wrestlers. Um, so just going to go over this real quick, the list with you guys, and then I'll have Jeff kind of react to it. Um, I know I had a couple surprises on here and my, the, I think my surprise was number 10 was Braun Strowman. I'm not going to read the amounts, just going to give the wrestler names. You guys want to read it. It's on our Twitter page. Braun Strowman was number 10. Number nine was Stephanie McMahon. Uh, Number eight was Shane McMahon. Number seven was Goldberg. Uh, We know that. Got you guys' comments on that. Six is Becky Lynch. Number five, and these are going from, you know, least amount to most amount. Five is Triple H. Number four is Seth Rollins. Number three is Randy Orton. Number two is Roman Reigns. And number one, by quite a margin, is Brock Lesnar. So now look, uh, my quick reaction to this, and I'll hand it over to Jeff. Um, the McMahons, ah, I'm, I'm not even going to count those because look, they're the CEOs of the company. They're the vice presidents of the company. Triple H, same thing. So Stephanie Shane and Triple H, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, gonna, they're, the, they're in charge. They're going to get the bigger salary. So didn't shock me. My biggest shocker on this list was Braun Strowman and that he's making more than Bray Wyatt. Uh, their big merch guy is making less than Braun. And, and, I, and the only way I could see that is because maybe Bray was gone for a while. 
um, and Strowman had remained. So maybe that was part of it. Um, but Goldberg didn't surprise me that the, the, again, the Lesnar thing I knew about, um, we all know that Becky's is such a big superstar. So again, Becky, Seth, um, and Roman really didn't surprise me either. Randy Orton might've surprised me a little bit. Um, I, I didn't know he was, he was up there that far. Um, I would say he, you know, he, he could probably get more money, but what, what, what surprised you on that list, Jeff, if anything? Uh, Goldberg being in the top 10. Okay. Number one. Uh, the fact that we don't have Charlotte Flair in the top 10, because I think just, I mean, I think Becky is obviously, I think at a, at a different level in terms of popularity, but I think in terms of overall value to the company, I, I, I can't stress enough how important Charlotte is, but yeah, I, I think I agree. Braun Strowman being in the top 10 and, you know, being ahead of someone like Bray and, and we don't, we obviously don't know. I, well, I don't know when, they signed their contract. So it right. could be a matter of Braun, Braun's contract was up and they just happened, you know, he happened to negotiate his deal before Bray. I can tell you this, once Bray's contract is up, I think that list changes dramatically. Oh, I agree. Uh, because what he's done for, for the company, I, I'll, I'll just say it like this. Bray Wyatt, has been the biggest attraction yep. for the WWE for almost a year now. Yep. And that has to be rewarded at yep. some point. Yeah. Again, like you, I, I don't really, I don't factor in the McMahons and right. Triple H with that because, you know, they're, they're the CEOs. Yep. I think it's interesting that, that we don't see Vince's name on that list. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, but, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I see, you know, I, I don't really count them. What I'll say about Brock is, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, he's making $10 million a year and, you know, that's way too much. You got to think about Brock Lesnar as the draw. Mm -hmm. He, he was a UFC heavyweight champion. Uh, What he's done, people dislike Brock. But what he's done for other talent Mm -hmm. in terms of putting guys over Mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the reaction that he gets, I mean, he, he's doing what he's doing to get people to react the the exact way that they're reacting. They don't like him. Uh, But at the same time, you know, just taking that salary to kind of go back to what we were talking about a little bit. But if you take his salary and you break it down, that doesn't get you to that $4 million a a month threshold that you need. So it's not like he's making a million a month. So, you know, I I understand that, but, but yeah, I I mean, Goldberg should be a thing of the past at this point. And it's no disrespect to him, but I mean, he's had his time. Um, You know, it's time for him to kind of ride off into the sunset. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And yeah, you're right about Brock. I think he gets a really bad, if I, you know, I learned some things and I I knew about Brock, obviously I've been watching all through his career, but um, if you watch the ruthless aggression, you'll see um, the whole story with Brock and, and you'll see about when he left and then when he came back and, 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 and they still talk about, look, the reaction he gets when that music hits 
you know, look, he is a big draw. And no matter, look, and now he just put over Drew McIntyre. So you can't necessarily say, yeah, I get it. He's a part-time guy. He's not there week to week. I, I get all that. I really do. But he has put some guys over. And, you know, look, he put Seth over as well now. And, and now Drew. So, yeah, I, look, it's WWE is not going to be a better, uh, better show when he's gone. He, right. they're, they're, just, they're just not. And that's how you have to look at that. Right. So, yeah, just and- to, and I, I want to throw in one other thing about Brock. If anyone out there who strongly dislikes him uh, wants to maybe entertain the idea of having their mind changed, look no further than the Raw episode where Drew McIntyre came out and I think hit him with about three or four Claymore kicks. And they get up to the top of the ramp and Drew hits him with another one, and he's standing over Brock. And Brock tells him, he, he tries to do it in a way that the cameras don't pick it up, but it, it kind of does. He tells Drew, hey, grab the belt. Grab the belt and hold it up. Because in that moment, he's trying to put Drew over. Yep. He's trying to get him the reaction that he needs to have. So – you know, you can say all you want to about him being a part-timer, and I get that, and, you know, I respect that opinion. But he does so many different things that a lot of us don't know about. And, I mean, that's just one thing. We don't know about the stuff behind the scenes that only he and the other wrestlers know about. But, you know, I think he, he kind of gets a raw deal from time I to time. Agree. Yeah, I agree, man. I definitely agree. And, listen, we're going to, again, like I said, years down the road when he's retired – um, the thing you got to ask yourself is, 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 is it going to be a better place when he's gone? And I, I, I can't say that it is. I mean, sometimes when people leave, you, you kind of regret that they left. And, you know, now granted, he might leave and then come back after a couple of years just for an appearance or two like John Cena does. But, you know, yeah, um, he's a once in a lifetime generational talent. They said that on that Ruthless Aggression show. And I absolutely agree with that. Yep. All right, guys, now it is time for the community shoot, and we're coming to the end of our show, as we always do. And let's start right off with a collection. And we have Liam Costa Costa. Liam sent us his collection. Um, I know he's a big fan of Days, and he got his picture taken with Days at an event. Um, and he's got, uh, he's got some shelves of things here. He's got some elite figures there and Triple H, Shawn Michaels on the top shelf, I can see. And then he's got an Ultimate Warrior, Hogan, Undertaker, Kane. Looks like uh, Matt or Jeff Hardy. I can't be sure there. And then he's got some pop vinyls on the bottom. So Liam Costa Costa, thank you. Shout out to you, buddy, for sending us your collection. And again, guys, send those collections in. We love to see what you guys have in the way of merch. And we also have our artistic uh, stuff coming, art bombs, like, like Sonny used to call them, or Sonny calls them. Um, we've got some art stuff. This one is, is fantastic. Uh, we have this one. This came in today's from Andrew Rex. Um, shout out to Andrew. And he says here, uh, he says, hi, buddy. Hope you are, are well. Don't know if you remember my daughter making a championship belt for Mother's Day. Well, this is her latest one. Uh, what amazes me is it's painted with nail varnish. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this awful week for wrestling, thought this was a bit of sunshine. This is a fantastic job. Um, shout out to Andrew Rex and shout out to his, uh, to his daughter that made this. She made a Firefly Funhouse braid belt. 
um, which looks amazing. I, she did this with nail varnish. It looks like cardboard. Um, has the Funhouse logo painted on the front with a little wow. hurt and heel there. Um, next to it has a Ramblin' Rabbit picture and, and the Fiend plate. Remember the, the paper yep. plate with the Fiend face? She has Sociopath painted on it and then a picture of Funhouse Bray and a picture of the Muscle Man logo. Man, tremendous job. Uh, excellent job, man. And again, I, I, I told Andrew I was going to include it. Send these things out to us, guys, because this is fantastic stuff. Um, also, Brittany Kay, um, we had some art from her in last week's show. She has a couple more pictures of Bray. Looks like um, a cult leader Bray from the Firefly Funhouse match uh, that she has. And she also has a really cool picture of Bray as well. And we're going to drop some more of those art bombs as well. We still have some stuff left from Sunny. We're going to have stuff from Sunny for the next two years. Um, yes. So just, <laughs> just enjoy the Sunny Wolf pictures as well, tagged at the end. And again, Jesse Callen as well. Uh, Jesse, uh, you can, and I know somebody asked us in our last podcast, does Jesse still do the commission pieces? Um, she does. So uh, hit her up on her Twitter if you like any of the pieces from Jesse uh, as well. She does some. She did some great fiend drawings. So as always, guys, uh, listen. Shout out to you guys again. Um, you played a big part in this show as you always do. Some Q and A stuff, and again, send us those Q and A questions. We love those. We call that the JJ Q and A, just like we have the the you know the JJ's hot topic of the week. So it's a JJ Q and A this week. Send us the Q and A's, man. We love doing those, and we can bring Adam in a little bit on those. And who knows? Maybe somebody we interview down the road will throw that question to them too. Send us those Q and A's. Send us your wrestling collection. Send us the picks. Um, look, keep sending us these ideas as well. Let us know and. Again, before we go, a couple things. I just want to let you know, um, and I'll have Jeff say goodbye to you guys also in there. Uh, our static, our schedule is now static. Going forward now, the podcast that you're listening to will be every Monday after the Raw stream at 11.15. Um, some of them might run a little later, so I know a lot of you guys have to, you know, you, you kind of, you're late. It's a little bit later in the UK, um, but, you know, we're glad that you're joining us for that. Um, we also are going to have the uh, Abby's window change is going to be on Wednesdays prior to the AEW and NXT stream every week. We recorded the version of Abby's window a couple days ago. We're going to try to do that as a reaction to SmackDown. And then we will try to have the interviews after NXT and AEW on Wednesdays with the community. So community interviews should be in place on Wednesday. Now this week, um, every now and then we'll change the interviews up a bit as we get them. So obviously when we get wrestlers and we get guys like Gary on board, we will get those out to you uh, ASAP because we know those guys have, were nice enough to share their time with us. So we want to do that this week. We have Zicky Dice, uh, like I said, after NWA on Tuesday. So tomorrow night. Um, and then we will have um, the Brandy interview, which we mentioned. That is going to be before SmackDown this week at 6 p.m., um, before the day stream. And then we're also going to have Gary part two um, for you as well. And that will be Wednesday night after AEW and NXT. So again, guys, uh, great being with you. Uh, thank you for all of the things that you send in to us. And uh, thanks to the people who are interviewing with us. We have community members coming up this week that we're going to talk to as well. Um, Jeff, man, what are your last thoughts for this week? So I have a bit of a, uh, of breaking news as well Ooh. Uh, for everyone that continues to support us. And we, we really appreciate all of you and all the comments and positive feedback. We really appreciate it. 
so we figured why not have some way to show your support so we are in the process right now of having t-shirts printed and they are going to go on sale in a couple weeks uh, the price for the t-shirts and they'll have our logo on them uh, the price for the t-shirts will be $24.99 and that includes shipping so no matter if you're in if you're right down the road from me in South Carolina or if you're in the UK uh, $24.99 for the shirts uh, if you would like to pre-order a shirt uh, send us an email or you can uh, DM myself or Joe and just tell us what size shirt you'd like to have and your address and we will more than happily get that out to you. Uh, we should have the shirts available within the next two weeks. I will let everyone know when they're ready, but it, we at least want to get some pre-orders out there. So just in case anyone wants to wants to hop on it right now and, and go ahead and get get your order in, we we will be more than happy to take that. But you know, it, honestly, it, it's giving us an opportunity to uh, to have our our podcast and when i say our i mean the community as a whole uh advertised and what better way to do it than wearing a t-shirt that has the logo on there so that's my that's my bit of news for everyone but you know again thank you all so much for supporting us and and being understanding when we've had to make changes to the schedule and and different things of that nature we you know we all we we love you guys and, and care about you and you know, again, thank you for being with us on this journey. And um, yeah, we're, we're excited. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. We have so much cool stuff coming for you guys down the road too. We have uh, Mr. Koloff decided to come back with us and talk more. We're going to ask him about more, you know, the modern wrestling and what he thinks about today's, you know, today's wrestlers and that kind of thing. Uh, we, uh, we've, we've got such cool stuff coming up, guys. There are some things that I, I can't even talk about. Uh, surprises, yeah. obviously, down the road, and I, I can't even mention those things. So, listen, tune in, and like I said at the beginning, like and subscribe to our channel if you have not done that already. And thank you guys for joining us so much. We will talk to you next Monday. Take care, everybody, and have a great week.